Thank you for listening to the Restoration Church podcast. If you want to find out more about Restoration Church, visit our website at restorationch.org. Now, let's listen to this week's message from Pastor Ben Warwick. Let me just tell a couple people, if you're new, maybe this is your first time, going to do something different uh, today. Uh, typically, I preach, and, and we have like an altar call, and, uh, but I felt the Lord tell me I took a trip in October just to get away by myself for just a full day, and I asked the Lord this question, what things do you want me to do in 2024 that remain cornerstones for forever? As much as our church is going to grow, whatever it's going to do, like these are the things that remain concrete, and one of the things I felt the Lord tell me to do was that at least once a year, I need to lay hands and pray over every person in the house. Okay, now laying hands, depending on where you come from, has different meanings. I'm not fist fighting anybody today. I'm just praying. And we're going to pray over your children upstairs. So the staff is prepared to pray over every single child, to anoint them and pray over them. I just feel like it's good to have your pastor pray over you and pray favor over your year. And so what I want to do is just take a quick moment, just about 10 minutes, and just share what I felt like the Lord told me uh, in my prayer time this week about today. And uh, then I'll give some instructions and we'll go into a time of prayer. So would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? The custom of the house there. I wanted you to turn with me to Luke chapter 8, okay? And uh, if you want to take notes, you can today. Don't have a ton of notes on the screen, but if you want to, there's a note card in the seat back pocket in front of you. Luke chapter 8, really familiar story if you grew up kind of in church. There's actually two stories happen in this particular passage, uh, but we're only going to focus on one of them, Okay. Chapter 8, verse 40 through 42. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was the ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house. For he had had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, people pressed in on him. Verse 49, I'm going to skip While he was still speaking, so Jesus has this interruption, okay, in the middle of his journey to Jairus' house where he heals the woman with the issue of blood. And as soon as he heals this woman, everybody is amazed, and look at what happens right here in the middle of all that. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, your daughter is dead, do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing him answer, do not fear, only believe, for she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter in, Uh, with him except Peter, John, and James, and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her, but he said, do not weep, for she is not dead, but is sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead, but taking her by the hand, he called her and said, child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given to her to eat, and her parents were amazed, but he challenged them, charged them to tell no one what had just happened. I just want to preach on this one thought today. Just one touch. Y'all, it only takes one touch from the Lord. I don't know what circle you grew up in, but I, you, one touch from Jesus can change your whole life. And I'm believing for that today, okay? Would you pray with me right now? Lord, I thank you for your word. Be with us today. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. Like I said, a familiar story, it, it, but it starts out in dire straits. You have this man, Jairus, who's a synagogue leader, and and we can just assume that he was a a well-known man. If he's a leader in the synagogue, he's probably a righteous man, Uh, and we know his daughter is ill. We don't know what with, but she's not sick with the sniffles, like she's about to die, 
He's desperate. And you see, you see this desperation of a father who probably has tried everything, and he's running to this new guy on the block, Jesus, to ask him for healing. This is like the peak. Jesus' ministry is bustling right now. I mean, everywhere that he goes, there's a crowd. Even here, it says that the crowd pressed in around him and followed him all the way to Everybody is following Jesus because wherever Jesus is going, miracles are taking place. And this story is famous for a lot of reasons, but Jesus is multitasking. He's trying to meet the needs of Jairus, and along the journey, he gets stopped, right? The woman with the issue of blood touches him, and he stops the crowd and says, who touched me? And he tells this woman her faith is what made her well. And and Jesus agrees to go to Jairus' house, right? He says, I'm going to go to your house. I want, to, I want to let you know something. You should invite Jesus into your home, okay? Invite him into the way that you keep your home and the, the rules that you have in your house and the way that you stay married or raise kids. And while they're on the way, the servant comes into the scene and he gives the worst possible news that any dad or any mom could ever receive. In fact, I want to read it. Verse 49, he says, While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. Your daughter's dead. Don't bother. Don't trouble this teacher anymore. And this is maybe a word for somebody in here today that you're not troubling the teacher with your problems and your prayers. I know the enemy would like to make you think that you've been praying for something for a really long time and nothing's going to happen. And now you're just bothering God. He's moved on to heal other people or fix somebody else's marriage or heal somebody else's family. I know you think you're bothering him, but hear me, you're not, you've never bothered the Lord with your request. He's a father who loves his kids. Christ knew all the drama you would bring into your life and other people's lives, because that's what we do. Let's just be real. He knew all that, and yet he still gave his life on the cross willingly. And so if he's willing to do that for you, he's willing and able to hear your requests and hear your your cries, even when they're repetitive. Hear me. Even when you feel like you're saying the same thing over and over again. And I, and I, I look at the tactics of the enemy And I can't help but see the discouragement that he puts in the mind of believers trying to tell them, you've asked enough, just stop. And Jesus is is talking and he's he's talking to the crowd. He just heals this woman. The guy comes up and says, don't bother the teacher, your servant, Your, your daughter's dead. And Jesus hears it and look at the rebuttal that he gives. He turns around and he, and he rebukes this moment. Verse 50, he says, but Jesus on hearing this answered him, do not fear. Look at this. Do not fear. Only believe she will be well. Will be. A declaration of what he knows will happen and what he knows to be true. I love that. Just do not fear. Two things I see in this moment is that first first thing, he rebukes fear. Sometimes you got to kick fear out of the situation. Sometimes you got to kick fear out of your life because fear will cripple your faith in a moment. I mean, it'll keep you bound in the situation that you're in, but you've got to release that fear back to the Lord. And hear me for you know-it-alls in the room. Like, you're not going to have an explanation for everything that you're going through in life. You're not going to have an explanation on why God hadn't answered your prayer yet or not, or how he's going to get you from A to Z, because we'd like to pray and ask God to open a door for us, but just take the path that we want, Lord. And you can't do that. And this, this fear, I think a lot of the fear in our life is, is due to the fact that we have this desire to be in control. And the moment that crisis comes up, we don't know what to do because we're not in control anymore. You need to rest in the fact that Christ knows your need, hears your need, and is willing to meet the need. The second thing I love what he does is he, he just prophetically declares the reality that he knows is going to happen. 
He speaks into the situation. He says, no, 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 don't fear, only believe, just go back to the faith that you had in the beginning, right? He comes to him with great faith of, please heal my daughter, I know you can. And he gives this declaration of, she will be well, not might be, not kinda, not sorta, she will be well. If you had a contractor come to your house that you were building, right? And he says, hey, I'm your contractor, I'm fixing to build this, this house for you, and, and uh, I feel like I, I think I can do it. I mean, I, I kind of think, I, well, I mean, maybe I think I can. I built a doghouse last week, surely I can build your house, right? Like, you're not hiring that guy, come on now, right? But, but Jesus is the ultimate healer, and he looks in this moment, and he doesn't say, I might be able to heal her, or I kind of can, or if you just kind of hang in there, maybe we'll see what happens. No, he says, she will be well. And the onus was not, listen, all the dad had to do was believe. He just had to believe. And Jesus shows up with the crowd at this dude's house, like it's a whole big scene, and he only allows his trusted servants to go in with him. He only allows the mom and the dad, Peter, John, and James, to go in there with him. Jesus, and he only, he does that because he's bringing people of faith into the situation, okay? Because he's fixing to go in that house and do some work. Jesus it's about to be house cleaning this house out, right? Like He comes in there, and he kicks everybody out first thing. Your mama and them, all of them got to go. And he comes into the situation, and he brings the people of faith. And hear me, sometimes, sometimes you got to leave the no faith crowd outside the door. You got to leave them outside of the situation. When you know that God is going to heal you, and you feel that way, and somebody's like, but, you know, I don't know. Or you feel like you've got a calling of God on your life, and you're like, I think I should go. I remember telling my friends, hey, I'm going to be a pastor, and it was like chuckles, right? Like everybody's laughing. Like, no, for real, for real. I'm like, for real, for real, for real. Like, I'm going to be a pastor, right? And it seems like a joke to them because they don't have the faith to believe what I know and I see and that I feel in my heart. And sometimes you got to kick that, that noise right out. you got to leave doubt outside the door of whatever you've got going on in your life, whatever your request is, whatever your need is. Got to kick the doubters out of the house just in order to think straight sometimes. And they arrive with the crowd, and the Bible says that the mourners are already there, right? Some of them are family, but you would also hire mourners in this time. And, and kind of if, if the person was of value and, and of importance, you'd hire a bunch of mourners, and they would just make this scene, not, not to be annoying, but as a way to honor the dead. And Jesus comes in, and he tells them, hey, y'all, she ain't dead, she's just asleep. And they immediately go from mourning to laughing, which tells me their mourning's not super genuine because I can't mourn and then bust out in laughter, right? And I, and I just want you to write this down. Who are you inviting into your moment of need? A saboteur or a supporter, y'all? Who are you inviting? You got a problem, you got an issue. Are you bringing in somebody who's just trying to sabotage and laugh at the word God gave you or the fact that in God's word he says by his stripes, you and I are healed. Are you, are you bringing somebody who's a saboteur and just wants to pop the air out of your balloon of faith? Or are you bringing somebody in who's a supporter, who's like, yes, the Lord will heal you. I'll, I'll join with you. I'll pray with you. Because see, that's what the body of Christ does. And why do you, and, and, and I love that we've got a great online audience. Thank you for watching today. And I love the fact that we do that. But it's a supplement to, not a replacement of, being in person. Because there's power when two or three come together and agree and pray. There's power. That's why we're laying on of hands today and praying. Jesus says, don't weep, right? 
for she is not dead, but she's sleeping. And what I love, man, what I love about Jesus is he'll walk right into the room where everybody's mourning the healthy you that you used to be and the way your marriage used to be and where everybody's talking about what was and how it's all gone and it's never coming back. And Jesus will walk right into that room, hear me, and he'll speak a reality that doesn't look like reality, but he can do that. Why? Because he's in control. Because he's in control. Because no matter what word that you've heard from anybody else or the enemy or a doctor or even your spouse, no one has the word until Christ has the final word. There is still hope. Hear me. There is still hope. As long as Jesus is on the way, there's hope for your family, for your finances, for your marriage, even for your faith that may seem dim. If you just allow God to come into the room, hear me, I'm about to, I said 10 minutes, I'm coming loose already. If you just let God in, he'll kick out who needs to get out. And he'll create an environment where faith can move and healing can happen. And he can speak those things. It's not foolish. Because he has the final word. It's not, it's not foolishness. It's called healing. It's not foolishness. It's, those words, it's, it's not a fantasy. It's called freedom. It's not a joke. That's called redemption. God can come in and he can speak a word over your life that doesn't even make sense sometimes to everybody else. But you know in your heart it's true. Jesus took her. I love this. He took her by the hand and he said, child, arise. Two things. Jesus grabs her by the hand as a point of contact, Okay. He grabs her by the hand, almost like a hand of agreement. I'm going to grab this child by the hand that no one wants to touch and everyone wants to mourn. And then he speaks with authority, a resurrecting power over this child. And why is it that today when we lay hands on everybody, we're laying hands on everybody and we're speaking together in words of agreement, resurrection into whatever you have needs of? Why are we declaring favor? Because where two or three agree, hear me, the Lord's in the midst. It's a point of contact. It's a comforting point of touch, but it's also a powerful where my heart is joining with you and we are working this thing out together. Amen. And what I, love about, uh, what I love about the word, and, and, and I'm, I'm wrapping this up and we're going to start to pray, is I love how, how it describes what happens, right? Point of contact, prayer spoken with great faith, right? And what happens? The Bible says that she got up and it doesn't say that she got up when the doctors came two hours later. Or that a week later she woke up from her slumber. It says at once she got up. At once. Now I don't have an answer to why sometimes it takes years for God to fix something and why sometimes it doesn't. I don't have an answer for that because he's in control. He's sovereign. But what I do know is that the onus of the when it happens, that's not up to me. I'm not in charge of the when God shows up or, or when he heals me or when he fixes whatever. But what I am in charge of is having the faith that he can do it in a moment. In a moment. That in a moment Christ can show up and he can fix things that are wrong. In a moment he can call your kids who are lost loved ones and bring them back in. In a moment God can restore a marriage. In a moment God can bring healing to a body. Like that's what the calling is. The calling is for you and I to have that level of faith. And I'm asking you this morning, have you walked into a room with that level of faith? If not, there's some of us in here that want to pray with that level of faith over you. Because I just believe that he can do it again. We're going to anoint people and pray. Why? Point of contact, prayer of declaration. We're going to step, step into whatever you need in 2024 with faith on our lips and in our heart. I shared with our staff this morning uh, a passage out of Matthew 7. Okay, and I'm going to read just this quick. It's very familiar. Ask and it will be given unto you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. 
For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it'll be open. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more will your heavenly Father, who is in heaven, give you good gifts to those who just ask him? I felt the Lord tell me this this morning, that for some of you, you just need to ask again. You need to ask again. Maybe you've prayed for years and you've seen no progress at all. The devil would like for you to believe that you can just quit now. And I, and I thought about this today. What if all the people who prayed me through the darkest chapter of my life where I was running from the Lord, what if they just one day just said, I'm not praying anymore. He's clearly not turning around. I'm just going to quit on my son, on my grandson. I'm just going to quit. Where would I be if somebody would have quit on me? And I can't help but think, for some of you, your marriage, your healing, the anxiety that you feel, I feel that in the room right now, the anxiety that's living in your mind, where, please don't quit. Please don't quit asking. I just feel like the Lord tell me, just ask. If you'll just ask one more time, he'll prove to himself, to you, one more time he's faithful. That one more time, if you just give him one more shot, in one moment he can touch your body, in one moment he can provide healing, in one moment he can provide security, in one moment he can open a door for some of you career-wise that you need. The onus of fulfilling the promise is not left up to the recipient, it's left up to the promiser. And he's promised that he'll be with you, that he'll never leave you nor forsake you, that you can find healing by the power of his name. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to create an atmosphere of, of, of healing, of prayer, and of favor over you, over your family, over your life. I just believe God's about to do it. Can I get a witness from somebody in here? Would you stand with me? Twenty twenty four. I'm I'm telling you, I don't have this. Twenty twenty four is the year for more kind of thing that you've probably seen every televangelist on TV talk about. I said last week, I felt like 2024 was like a year of preparation for a lot of our staff and our church of just getting ready for all the things God has coming down the pipeline. Like we've got to do our job as stewards. But 2024, hear me, if you'll pray and believe with faith, will be more than, than what you think it will be if you don't. I'd rather, I'd rather say that I gave it all and I prayed with great faith that God could do it and he didn't than to wonder what if I just would have prayed one more time. What if I just would have prayed for my kids one more time? What if I just would have prayed for healing just one more time? So let me give you some instructions on, on, on what we're going to do today, okay? First of all, I want you to know if you've got kids upstairs, your kids are going to be anointed and prayed over. If you've got kids with you today, in the room with you right now, you can bring them forward. We're going to pray over them. I'd love to pray over them. would love to. We'd be honored. We've got a lot of people in this room. And so I'm going to ask, uh, we're going to dismiss you by sections. They're going to lead you in worship. And I want you to continue to worship, continue to pray. I would, it's going to be long. I would love for you to stay because I'd like to wrap up with a specific way to pray over your family for the year. A specific priestly blessing. But we're going to dismiss by section. You're going to come right here. Emily and I are going to pray with you along with some people from our staff and our, and our volunteers. Pray and kind of usher you through. And I, and I don't mean this mean, but you've got about five seconds to tell me a need to pray over just to be fair for everyone else that's coming through. And I'd love to pray with you for whatever the need is. And I want to pray a prayer of favor and blessing over every person in this house. 
I just feel like that's, that's one thing missing from the church today is the touch of a pastor with great faith over the people in the body who love and support him and have needs. And so I want to pray with you today over that. So I'm, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to just pray and turn it over to the worship team. I'm going to ask that Emily join me down here and some of the staff that are going to help me. And uh, Jared Foster, raise your hand. Jared's going to release the sections. We're going to pray section at a time. And uh, we're going to pray and lay hands on everybody, believing that this will be the best year you've had yet. Can I get a witness? So pray with me right now. Lord, I just, whatever gets brought to me, I'm, I'm partnering by faith with you that you will do what you said you would do, that you will provide, that you will show up, that you will heal, that you will deliver, and Lord, that you will protect in the middle of, of, of crisis, God. You'll protect our families. And Lord, we're believing that this will be a strong year. We bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message was encouraging. To listen to more, join us Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m., Wednesdays at 7 p.m., or stream services on Facebook and YouTube. Thank you for listening to the Restoration Church Podcast and for joining us in our mission to love anyone into a life built on God and His Word.